This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 526. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 526. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. The next two weeks episodes are pretty unique in that they are really remarkable milestones. So this week, we're going to be talking about our, I was going to say our celebration. I mean, I do think we can celebrate this in some ways. So I'll just say a celebration. This is our celebration of surviving a year in a pandemic. Celebration implies like it's real exciting and positive and feel good and happy. But let's be honest, we can celebrate the various degrees and multiple layers of badassery that we have gotten to endure in order to achieve a new level of strength and power and capability moving forward. So I mean, there is something to celebrate in that. (laughs) So that's where we're at today. And next week, we will be celebrating the Shameless Mom Academy five year anniversary, five year birthday for the Shameless Mom Academy. Holy cow. And it's funny because it lands exactly on the date. So we launched on March 15th. And Monday, next Monday is March 15th. So join us next Monday for our five year birthday, five year anniversary show. I cannot believe it's been five years. That is 
unreal to me. So I'm looking forward to talking about what's happened over the course of five years. What has this all been about? So that will be really fun. Okay, so here we go talking about this milestone we're celebrating right now, talking about reaching this one-year mark in a pandemic. So the title of this episode, We Are One Year Into a Pandemic and Moms Are Not Okay, that's the truth. (laughs) That doesn't mean that you aren't doing very well, showing up as your super strong, resourceful, resilient, badass selves, but it does mean that there's a lot that we could and should probably unpack from this year, and we're going to do a little bit of that. What I think is really significant about coming up on this one-year milestone is just taking a moment to own and honor what we've been through. I think that's really, really important. And I know that we are in a place where we're so busy and overwhelmed and completely exhausted that giving ourselves permission to take that moment, you know, it might be something that would be easier to just blow past. And so I'm really going to make this an invitation for you to take that moment for you to pay attention to where you are and where you've been over the last year. And I chose this particular Monday as the marker for the one year because for us and our family, this was the week that school got shut down and canceled. And so I'm in Washington and I'm in Seattle. And we in the Seattle area, we were the first cases of COVID. We had the first outbreak in the United States right here, like 15 minutes from my house. And when that happened, I think that for a lot of the country, it took, you know, there was definitely awareness around COVID, but it took a few more weeks, I think, for things to roll out in other states and across the country. And we know that things have rolled out really differently state by state and across the country over the last year. But things really shifted quickly and very dramatically in the second week of March last year. So when I look back at 2020, those first few days of March, that's the last time I got on an airplane. I went to a conference down in California called Alt Summit. I had so much fun. I got to meet new friends, make new friends, specifically shout out to Rachel Nielsen, Alexia Vernon, and Monica Packer, who were some of the women who I had admired from afar and finally got to meet in person and have really amazing, beautiful connections with. And I'm still in conversation with them today. Thank God for Zoom and Marco Polo and Voxer and all those fun things. So that first week of March that I got on that plane, went to my last conference, didn't know I wouldn't be getting on a plane for a real long time after that. And then coming home from that conference, and I remember being at that conference and a bunch of other events started getting canceled for the rest of 2020. And I remember thinking like, huh, that's kind of wild. And we had Shameless MomCon 2020 coming up in just a few weeks. And I was starting to have to make, like, consider this might not be able to happen. And it was like very surreal to consider that people weren't going to be able to fly to this event. And what does it mean to cancel an event and break a hotel contract? Which, by the way, that was a whole nightmare and disaster. And like, do people feel safe flying? Or should I still, is it okay to still ask them to fly? And What's going to happen with schools and what's going to happen with jobs and so many things. It was just, it's so wild to look back on now. And I feel like these are the stories we're going to be telling our grandchildren and our children will be telling their kids and grandchildren because the way, like the decisions that came rolling down the pipeline really quickly were just unimaginable. And so I know for me, when it really hit, and I'm sure this is (laughs) similar for a lot of you, it 
really hit me when it came down to schools closing. And I remember being in conversation with a good friend of mine. In fact, I think we ran into each other when we were like out walking our dogs or something or school drop off. And she has her work is connected to some of the government work in Seattle. And so government work at the state city level and the state level. So I remember talking with her and saying, like, I hear there's talk of closing down schools. And she's like, no, no, no. I've been in conversation with, you know, people at government levels and they really don't think they're going to have to do that. But, you know, like they're just kind of playing out all scenarios right now. And I was like, okay, phew. And then shortly after that, there was talk of like, well, maybe schools will have to close for two weeks. And I remember, and I've talked about this in the last year, I remember thinking, how can we do that? Like, how do we survive for two weeks without school? And then when my son's school did end up closing for two weeks and we were among the first schools to close. So school closes for two weeks. And then that quickly became six weeks. And there was just this like, so surreal sense of how is this happening and then what are we going to do and this isn't even possible like it's not possible to just have our kids home and work from home and like do all these things right and then we just did them <laughs> we just did them and we kept doing them week after week and month after month and some of us are still doing those things today and holy cow it's amazing to me what we thought we couldn't do for two weeks and now we here we are a year later and the things that we thought one of the things that really stands out to me is mask wearing and thinking about children wearing masks and children wearing masks to school and thinking like, but they would never be able to do that. Well, I'll tell you, my son is actually in school. I haven't talked about this ever on the show because I feel like it is such a privileged position to be in to have my son in school right now because I know there's so many kids who have not been in school in over a year now. But my son is in school and it's been amazing how it's been a complete non-issue for kids to wear masks. And so it's so interesting that like when this first came up as an idea, people were like, we could never do that. Children would never do that. People could never do that. Teachers could never do that. Here we are, everybody wearing masks. Well, depending on where you live, but in my community, for sure, in my state, for sure, at least in Western Washington, like everyone wearing masks all the time. And it's just like completely the norm. And it's actually very alarming if it doesn't happen. So it's wild the ways that we do adapt and the things that we do that we thought we couldn't do. And I think that we have to give ourselves a lot of credit for that, a lot of credit for getting to this point and doing all the things we thought we couldn't do. And here is what I really want to drive home for you, that this season has been so much like newborn land. And I've referenced this before on the show, but I want to dive deeper into it because I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine, a colleague of mine in the online space who I've been doing some coaching with. She's hopefully going to be launching a podcast soon. If you're listening, you know who you are. And she heard me talking about this and she was, or I was talking with her about this in one of our Marco Polo exchanges. And she's like, holy cow, I haven't thought about it that way. This is like brilliant and it makes so much sense and it like helps her connect some dots. And so I want to dive into this with you. So COVID is so much like having a new baby. It's unbelievable. Here's how. When you have a new baby, and especially that first baby, because that's like the one that just everything is new and unexpected and so out of control. So you have this new baby and you're so exhausted. Like, you know that you've never been this exhausted. And I know for me, I would have like three nights in a row of really bad sleep where Vinny was just up so much. And I would get to that third morning after that third awful night and just think, I cannot do it. Like, if we have another night like that, 
I will not survive. And the next night would be like a teeny bit better, like 1.5% better. And I'd be like, okay, okay. Like it was 1% better. Like I can go one more night. And it was all I needed was like that 1% for me to keep holding on. And this happened over the course of months. And I remember getting to like this probably six month or so mark and thinking, huh, as it turns out, I'm pretty functional on four to six hours of sleep a night. And I think I'm fine. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm I'm hanging in there and doing well. And this is what we do, right? Part of this is adapting. So our bodies adapt to less sleep. And part of it is survival, that if we noticed how exhausted we were, we would not be able to be functional enough to take care of our baby, right? So like, we literally, our brains cannot tell us because of the survival mechanism, our brains will not let us know how exhausted we are because we would not otherwise be able to keep going. So we adapt to this to the point that we don't recognize that we're tired. And then we get to a point when our kids are like a year, a year and a half old, and we're like, I'm so done. Like, I'm exhausted. I don't even recognize myself. I'm a disaster. I'm a hot mess. Where did the old me go? I haven't laughed in months. I haven't had fun. I don't know who I am. I've never been so tired or so cranky or so impatient, like all these things, right? And that's all the fallout from that complete exhaustion that we never honored when it happened because we couldn't, because we had to survive and we had to keep babies alive, right? So that's newborn land. So if we look at where we're at right now, we are very much in the same place of we were thrown into a global pandemic and we had so many unknowns and so many things were unpredictable and so many new stressors around job security and our children's health and our own health and our loved one's health and our parents' health and safety around that, like basic needs safety, right? If you're a frontline worker or an essential worker, you're going to work every day with this immense level of worry around health and safety. And if your job is compromised, you have this immense level of worry around your livelihood and your stability and your security around housing and food and taking care of children and these layers upon layers upon layers that you were thrust into worrying about. And because the worry was chronic over time, yes, you had moments of like, I'm so tired, I'm so exhausted, I can't believe I'm doing this, just like you did when the baby was really, really young. And then you also recognize like, well, I have to keep going. Like, I have to get up tomorrow and do the work in order to make the money, in order to keep the house, in order to feed the kids. And I have to keep showing up in order to like make sure that the children understand that even as, as a parent, your basic needs aren't being met, that you are doing your best to meet your children's basic needs, right? So the layers of stress and worry around that are tremendous. And the chronic mental fatigue and mental anguish around that is tremendous. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS. S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, aquatrue.com code shameless. And then the very real loss and grief for anyone who had illness, loss of a loved one, loss of a job, loss of security in any way, all of that is very traumatic. And we're going to talk about trauma in a minute because there's a lot of trauma that's been happening in the last year that we are not owning as trauma. And that's going to get us in trouble in the long run. So what has happened is we've been in this situation of having to continually adapt in ways that we didn't expect and in ways that we've never had to adapt before. But because we are having to continue to show up and take care of people and continue to survive, just like we do when we have a brand new baby, we don't recognize that we are completely exhausted and completely spent and completely worn out. So on top of that, layer into that that you've had no time to yourself because people are always in your house all the time. So you've had no time for yourself. You can't really go anywhere to escape. So you have no opportunities or very few opportunities to recharge in the ways that you used to. You probably haven't been able to vacation or use vacation time in the ways that you're used to. I know for us, I'm like, if you've heard me talk about vacation before, in my mind, I'm like, it's not a vacation unless it involves a tropical beach. So you know I've had no vacations in the last year. Now that said, we've had some great cabin getaways and things like that. And I don't want to honor those because they've been amazing. And I and 
what a privilege it was to be able to do that. But the ways that we're used to recharging, that if now we look and we're like, holy cow, like those are so indulgent and I never recognized them to be so indulgent before, those are not on the table right now for most of us. And so we're looking at that layer as well, that there's not, we have not had this anywhere to recharge. We've not had anywhere to process even because we're still in it. That's the thing. We can't even fully process it because we're still in it. It's not done. We have a ways to go. I do feel like there's, you know, tremendous hope in many directions, but we're not out of the woods. So this is really hard. We are not okay. And it's okay to not be okay. And I don't want this to be like, let me pull you down into like my negative spiral of, you know, how awful and hard this last year has been. But I also think if you take this moment to honor what this year has been, you can feel really good about who you are and what you've been through and where you're going because you have done this. You have done something incredibly hard. You have been running a marathon for 365 days right now. Holy crap. Pat yourself on the freaking back. So I want to talk a little bit about way that trauma plays into this because I think this is the other thing that we're not recognizing is that What has happened to us as mothers in this last year is trauma. We have existed and we are working through and in many cases still living in traumatic situations. And that might sound a little over the top. It might sound a little extra, but I want to give you some really good definitions around what trauma is so that you can kind of identify this for yourself from an objective standpoint and decide if it resonates with you. Because as I started doing research around this, I was like, yeah, this completely resonates, completely, completely resonates. So the definition of trauma, dictionary definition, is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. So would you classify this last year as a deeply distressing and disturbing experience? Yes, 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 (laughs) right? Okay, then if we look at the definition of psychological trauma, psychological trauma is damage to a person's mind as a result of one or more distressing events causing overwhelming amounts of stress that exceed a person's ability to cope or integrate the emotions involved. So when we think of psychological trauma, we also we often can like think of, you know, being, you know, potentially psychologically abused or verbally abused or like you're having to like take in a lot of harmful stimulus. Okay, but can we also honor that COVID might be a lot of harmful stimulus on our minds, right? So we can see how we can have this trauma response as a result of existing through this last year. Now, here's the thing about trauma. If we're still in it, we don't know that we are surviving it, right? So you can maybe look back and recognize some of it, but also you might still be in it to the extent that you're like, yeah, that doesn't really apply to me. But then in like two or three years, you're going to be like, oh, holy cow, I did not even know. I did not even know that was trauma. So I also want to talk, I found this great article and I'm going to link to it in the show notes. It talks about the three types of trauma and I'm not a trauma expert at all. So I should have said that before I started talking about this. I am not a trauma expert by any means, but I do have a background in sociology and psychology, and I did work in a psychiatric hospital for seven years. So I know a few things about it. I'm also just naturally very curious about trauma and trauma response. So I do have, you know, just I've learned out of personal curiosity in different ways. So I do have an understanding based on what I've learned out of my own personal curiosity as well. So I found this article around three types of trauma to be really helpful. It talked about the three kinds of trauma being acute trauma, chronic trauma, and complex trauma. So I want to define each of these and then you can decide where how this relates to you and your experience 
in the last year. So acute trauma mainly results from a single distressing event, such as an accident, an assault, or a natural disaster. Those are just examples. That's not a complete list. That's just a handful of examples. The event is extreme enough to threaten that person's emotional or physical security. So that would be acute trauma. So for sure, there's some things that could have possibly been acute trauma situations, right, this year. The next one, we have chronic trauma. So what is chronic trauma? Chronic trauma happens when a person is exposed to multiple long-term or prolonged distressing traumatic events over an extended period. Chronic trauma may result from a long-term illness, sexual abuse, domestic violence, bullying, and exposure to extreme situations. We have spent the last year exposed to extreme situations, right? We have had to be in these prolonged distressing phases, cycles of life where we have a lot of uncertainty and a lot of worry. And if you have had on top of that serious illness or actual COVID in your household or among your loved ones, or you've had job loss or job insecurity or food insecurity or housing insecurity, holy cow, 100% chronic trauma, right? Okay, the third type of trauma is complex trauma. Complex trauma is the result of exposure to varied and multiple traumatic events or experiences. The events are generally within the context of an interpersonal between people relationship. It might give the person a feeling of being trapped. Complex trauma has a severe impact on the person's mind. It may be seen in individuals who have been victims of childhood abuse, neglect, domestic violence, family disputes, and other repetitive situations such as civil unrest. It affects the person's overall health relationships and performance at school or work. Okay, so they don't include pandemics in complex trauma. But if we look at what it's been like to be through a pandemic, and I'm thinking because this article was probably written at a time when no one had actually lived through a global pandemic who wrote the article, like that was not on their radar. So if this article was written, you know, two years ago, this was not something that was being discussed. Because when we looked at trauma two years ago, we weren't putting it into through the lens of, living through a global pandemic. But if we look at complex trauma and the impact on the mind, we can look at how repetitive situations, and I appreciated that they gave this example of civil unrest, we can see how that would create a traumatic response. Repetitive situations of unrest, We've had civil unrest in big ways this year in our country, right? Whether we are looking at racial reckoning, whether we are looking at our the U.S. government trying to be overthrown on January 6, 2021, whether we are looking at the way leaders have just completely denied human suffering, that is the human suffering that has happened in our country, I would say in the last four years, but especially in the last year. That I think is very traumatic. And then it says that complex trauma affects a person's overall health relationships and performance at work or school. Well, do you think perhaps your overall health relationships and performance at work have been compromised this year? Yes, for sure, for sure. So when we look at these three kinds of trauma, we look at acute trauma, we look at chronic trauma, we look at complex trauma. I'm curious for you if you're like, oh yeah, that one resonates. Or if you're like, holy cow, all three of them do. Because I'm guessing one or more of them do. And so if we go back and look at the original idea behind this episode that we are a year in a pandemic and moms are not okay... Yeah, we're not okay because we have endured a year of trauma, whether it is acute trauma or chronic trauma or complex trauma, we're not okay and we shouldn't be. And it's okay to not be okay. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the 
must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. I did an episode a while ago about stop faking fine. Like nobody expects you to be okay and you're not doing yourself any favors by being okay. And you're also not giving anyone else permission to not be okay if you're just faking fine all the time, right? So let's just own that we are not okay. We have been through a traumatic event. And what happens on the backside of a traumatic event? So like I said, I don't really think that we're completely out of it. I do think that there's hope. And I do think that that hopefully helps us feel like we can be like starting to close the book on the trauma in order to start processing the trauma. But what happens at the end of a traumatic event? So if we look at the end of newborn land, and I'm a little hesitant to say having a newborn is traumatic, but I also think it is traumatic. At least it was for me. And I will own that for myself. And you can decide if you agree. It was traumatic for me. It flipped my world upside down in ways that I could not believe that I did not see coming in repetitive situations, long-term chronic exposure to extreme situations, and not to minimize extreme situations like going to war, which would be like post-traumatic stress disorder, but extreme situations that I had never endured before, staying up all night, trying to nurse a baby. For me, in my case, having a baby that was borderline failure to thrive because nursing was such a disaster for me, like that's all traumatic. So for me, newborn land was traumatic. And so And for me, it helps me to process it if I can own it as that, because I can recognize like it is not normal to not sleep. It is not normal to be so consumed and worried about keeping another person alive to the point that it compromises your mental health. That's not normal. Most of us go through that when we have a newborn baby, but that's not normal um, in terms of how humans are supposed to exist, right? What would be normal is for us to have way more support around having a newborn and way more support around the postpartum experience so that moms, especially in the U.S., are not living in this like postpartum vacuum of loneliness and isolation in which they experience trauma in the way that they do, which is our current reality. So if we look at what's going on now with having coming to the hopefully end of COVID and being a year into it and hitting this year milestone, we can look at, okay, We've been through trauma and what next? So here's the thing about trauma. And even if you don't identify with this past year being traumatic for yourself, or you think that might be a little overkill to label it as such, what you've been through in this year, and just like what you go through in that first year of newborn land, will create a shift in your identity. And that shift in your identity in motherhood is so extreme that you cannot go back to who you were before. And you've probably heard me talk about that I spent that entire first year of motherhood thinking like, when do I go back to quote unquote normal? 
when do I go back to like my life before I had a baby? Because in my mind, I thought like Sarah, but she would just have like a cute little baby on her hip. But that would be like the only difference. Like, oh, the cute little thing sitting here next to me. But everything else would be the same. And what I realized over time was, holy cow, motherhood made me a different person. And who is she? I have no idea. And what we're going to see here is because we have been through a traumatic experience, because we've been through a global pandemic that not only compromised our own mental health and well-being, but it also compromised our partner's mental health and well-being and our parents' mental health and well-being and our children's mental health and well-being, that the layers of trauma that we've been through, not only in our own personal experience, but in also trying to be supportive and meet basic needs of those around us, especially our children, has created trauma on multiple levels. And when we come to the end of this experience, we will not be the same people. I will never go back to Sarah in December of 2019 or even in February of 2020. I will never get to be Sarah, who was at Alt Summit that first week of March in 2020, how to run an online business. And I got on stage, I spoke at the event, standing there talking to women about how to build a six-figure business around podcasting. I will never be her again. And so who am I now? And that I don't know, but it's been interesting because I've been exploring it a lot. So stay tuned. (laughs) But I don't totally know yet. And I want you to think about what does that look like for you? Because we're not the same person. When you've been through an acute experience like this, and so I'm saying acute like and it's in like this one year of your life being so such a year of upheaval, it's been acute in that sense, but it's also been chronic in that we're looking at 365 days now of not knowing, 365 days of worry, 365 days of wondering and hoping and praying and considering and worrying and all of the things. And so what does that mean for who we are now and who we are becoming and who we will be moving forward? So the great news about that, which took me three years to figure out after having Vinny, the great news is you get to choose. It took me three years to figure this out with Vinny. I was so confused, like, but when do I go back and how do I become her again? And how do I reconnect with her? And like, what about Sarah? (laughs) And then finally, after three years, right before launching the podcast, I was like, oh, wait, but what if there's a new me? And what if the new me has gifts and strengths and talents that I didn't have before that I can lean into that I didn't even know about because they didn't exist before I'd been through this experience. They didn't exist before I went through the traumatic experience of having my first child. So what if for you coming through this one year anniversary of living in a pandemic and coming out of this pandemic, hopefully over the course of the next six to 12 months, what if there's a new you and you get to choose who she is and who she is becoming and who she will ultimately be at the end of the whole thing? So you get to choose, is she someone who still wants to hustle? Is she someone who still wants to do the same work in the world? Is she someone who still wants to sit quietly and let things happen? Or is she someone who wants to speak up? Or is she someone who wants to take on new roles in leadership? Or is she someone who who wants to take a nap? (laughs) I'm kind of in the nap camp right now. Like mama's hustled real hard for like 18 years and this pandemic situation, like it was kind of like the end cap on the hustle and now I'm done. <laughs> and so mama wants to take a nap. And so what does that mean for your identity moving forward that you have endured this and you get to choose moving forward who you're going to be? There's no rules. And we talked about this early in the pandemic. It was talked about widely. There's no rules for living in a pandemic. And so this was where it came to like, we just wear pajamas all the time and like literally out walking dogs in pajamas because who cares? Because it's a pandemic. We haven't showered in weeks. Our kids aren't going to school. Our jobs are like totally weird and different. All the things, right? So you get to choose. 
<laughs> and the upside of that is that you get to have a lot more, hopefully, a lot more consideration around and conscientiousness around who you want to become moving forward. And you don't need to have that answer now. This episode is not about giving you answers, which is actually hard for me because I want to be like, here's the three ways to find the new you after a pandemic. I don't have that for you. What I have for you is an invitation for you to be aware and to own and honor what you have been through and own and honor it in a way that gives you permission to be whoever you want to become moving forward. Because that's the really significant piece here, that you get to choose where you go from here, right? The last thing I want to say is that when we come out of something long and hard, you don't recover in one day or one week or one month. This is not about like, go book a hotel room for one night and rest a little and you'll be fine. No, there's going to need to be a period, an extended period of decompression and of thought and introspection to recharge and recover from what we've been through in this last year. And so I want you to start thinking about how you will let yourself have that space to recharge and recover. And I recognize that like, we can't all just like go book a month long trip at a spa. So what will that look like for you instead? But really honoring that this is not about like taking one nap on a Sunday afternoon or getting one massage when you can go back into a massage place and then being like, I'm good as new because no, it's not like that. It's going to take some time. And I want to give you permission for that time. I was having an exchange with a one on one client recently. And we were talking about that, like she was saying, I'm not feeling really inspired right now. And this has been going on for a while. And I was like, yeah, that's how it should be. Like, you shouldn't be inspired. And she's like, well, but I, you know, I got some downtime last weekend. And I was like, no, like, it doesn't take two days to recover from 365 days of exhaustion. That's not how it works. So that doesn't mean like, don't plan on doing anything for the next year, because you're going to need to recover. It means that recognizing that you're going to need some prolonged time to recover. And so building that in on a regular basis over the long haul, rather than just thinking like, well, next Saturday, I'm going to do like this one thing that's going to make me all recharge. That's just not how it's going to work. So I hope this episode was helpful. And I really want this episode to get shared around. I think it's a really, really important message. And in talking with other moms, I'm just realizing how much we're not owning and honoring what we've been through and how detrimental it is to all of us if we don't step forward to say like, hey, it's been a year and I am not okay. All right. So I see you and I'm with you. And it is okay if you're not okay, because none of us are okay. And we will continue to still show up and still do what we need to do and still take imperfect action and still celebrate when we can as we can. But we still we get to own the hard parts and we get to own the good parts. And we get to do it together and we don't need to do it alone and we don't need to do it in isolation. So I see you, I'm with you and we are in this together and we will continue to be in with this together as we continue to grow and process together. And I will see you here in a couple days for an interview and then next Monday for our five year anniversary slash birthday celebration. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. 
episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.